Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. It's a real privilege and honour to be here this morning uh, sharing with you and what an amazing time of praise and worship right now. Can we give our worship team a big clap right now? Thank you so much. You know, you look at the Scriptures, the Old Testament, and uh, the children of Israel would send out the musicians and the priests to go before them into battle. And it's no uh, surprise that we come on a Sunday morning, we have worship before the service, uh, before the preach, because we want the presence of God to create an atmosphere for us so that we're ready to receive what God has to say for us today. And so, great job this morning. Hey, I want to uh, just thank uh, today your location pastors, pastors uh, Sanjiv and Jocelyn this morning. Can we give them a big clap today? What an amazing couple, what an amazing family. Uh, I've had the privilege to spend a little bit of time with them uh, last year over a couple of days. And then last night, they invited me to their house for dinner and uh, my mouth is still recovering from the spicy food. But we'll get through this. And uh, we had a great time just chatting about all different types of things, life, family, kids, work, church, uh, the things of God. And it was an amazing time. And I I just can't get over how friendly and hospitable and open they are to people to invite them into their world. And then also their love for God, their love for the church, their love for you. Uh, I want to let you know. And and Jif, can I just say, man, you are just a a faith-filled, inspiring person. Whenever I go away from spending time with you, I'm encouraged. And, And Jocelyn, just a beautiful heart that cares for people. And so Thank you so much. Church, you're in great hands. You're in good hands. And with the rest of the team, and there's too many, and I've forgotten all the names, but the rest of the team is doing a fantastic, uh, fantastic job. I I believe that there is something incredible going on in this church. Come on, does anyone believe that? Uh, I just sense and hearing reports that God is doing something amazing here. There's been great growth and miracles and just amazing things happening. Can I say something? When you're in a season of God moving in a place, that's the time you want to lean in. You want to get involved. You want to be part of what God is doing. So can I encourage us as a church to be coming along and bringing your faith The faith is not just for the select few to add your vision and your belief. It's for all of us in this church. So be coming along, be serving, be giving, be coming along, encouraging your pastors, be believing for God to see more, to see things happen. Last week, our our lead pastor, Pastor Miles, he spoke on discipleship and he spoke on uh, um, more. He spoke on, uh, on more. And so let's be believing that this year in 2024, can we believe for God to do more in our Hills location? Can we believe for God to do more in our lives, in our families, in our health, in our workplaces? And we're going to see God move. Who wants to see God move? We're going to see God move in this church. Uh, a little bit about myself this morning, if you're sitting there going, who is this guy and where is he from? Well, my name is Bronson, and along with my wife, Gabby, who couldn't be here today, we are the pastors of our Melbourne West location. And yeah, you can give Melbourne a, a clap. I know that, you know, Victoria, New South Wales, no, and uh, we, we, we're pastoring there. And last week, my wife and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. You're like, that's not possible. You only look like you're 30 or 35, 25 years. And so we have three kids 
uh, an older daughter, Joelle, uh, who is 17, a son, Ethan, who is 15, uh, and Roman, who is seven. There may be a photo. Yep, there's a photo of our family up there. And uh, we are loving life down in Melbourne. I'm a second generation pastor. Uh, I grew up in the church. My dad was, was a pastor, so I'm a PK. Are there any PKs in the house this morning? There's a couple. Come on, go the PKs. You're in church. Awesome. Um, uh, and, and I love the church. I love my mum and dad. and I always support them. But I said to God, there's one thing I never want to do. I never want to be a pastor of a church. And I, I ran for many years, but, but who knows, you can't outrun God and His plan and purpose for your life. And today, maybe you're in this place and maybe you're doing some running. Can I encourage you that maybe today, maybe next week, maybe this year is the time for you to say, God, I want to stop and I want to do what Your will is for my life. And let me tell you something. There is a blessing that comes upon your life when you're walking in where God wants you to be and you can do that. And so we're having a blast down in Melbourne. Uh, been an amazing season this last year, just seeing growth and miracles and kind of a little bit like what's happening here. I believe God is moving in our church and it's been ups and downs and highs and lows over the years. But who knows? God is good. Can I get an amen? God is good. Uh, today, I want to let you know, if, if there's something I say this morning that you like, that you agree with, you can say amen. You can say preach it. Man, I love a little bit of interaction. If there's something, yeah, yeah, come on. If there's something that I say that you really, you really hate, well, that, you can talk to Jeff afterwards. You know, don't, don't come to me. I don't want to hear about it. So let's, let's get into it this morning. Today, I want to bring a message of hope and encouragement. I want to bring a word to stir our faith. I want to bring a word that would, at the start of 2024, you would say, yes, God, we want to grab a hold of what you've got for us to align our thinking, our believing and our attitudes with Him and what His Word says. See, church, we have a hope. We have a hope, a great hope. And our hope is not found in the government. Our hope is not found in our friends and our families. Our hope is not found in our bank accounts. Thank God for that. It's not found in our looks or, or our career. Our hope is not found in the church or our pastors. Sooner or later, you're going to be let down in that area. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in God. The Scriptures say in Psalm 39.7, But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in You. So today I want to bring a word that would encourage us to place our hope in Jesus and in God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would bless, continue to bless our time this morning. Holy Spirit, we want to hear from You. We've come to church today to encounter God and Your Word. Move in our lives, move in our church, move in our families today, we pray in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. 2023 was, was a great year for my family and I. We had a, a, an amazing year. We, we spent six weeks in Italy, the family and I, having an amazing time. The only way that that holiday could have been better is if our kids weren't with us. If, if you know, you know. If your parents, if you know, you know. Uh, so we had an amazing trip in Italy. Uh, my daughter, Joao, uh, is, is 17. She's in, she was in year 11. She got the ducks of her year level. Uh, so she was the top student across all of her year, year level. I like to say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So I'm going to take some of that uh, myself. 
Uh, Ethan, he started a job. He got a job at Maccas. Any Maccas people here been through the Maccas system? He's earning $14 an hour, $7 an hour, $3 an hour. I don't know what it is. Uh, he's a working class man now. And then, and then Roman, uh, our youngest, well, I mean, when you're at seven, come on, life is just good, right? He's living his best life. Uh, Gab, my wife, she, she had a pay rise at her work, got a big pay rise. That's good for me, right? More toys that I can spend money on, do those types of things. Uh, personally, I had, I had, a, I had just a, a great season where I felt the healthiest emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, all those areas uh, that I felt for many, many years in my, in my leadership. It was a great year, 2023, a highlight year for our family. But I've also had years that haven't been that great that haven't been highlight years, that have been a little bit tough. And 20, 2019 was one of those types of years. Uh, it was a year where I had some, some health difficulties. Uh, we had some, some staff in our church and there were a few problems in that area that just became a big issue and a big drama. Uh, we were doing a, a building fit out and there were some promises that had been made uh, from different leaders in terms of helping us with that that uh, ended up being broken and didn't, didn't happen. So that left me in a bit of a mess. Uh, I, I was seeing a counsellor for some issues that I was dealing with. Yeah, guys, I'm not all perfect, right? Like, uh, just like you, maybe. Maybe you're perfect here in Hills, I'm not sure. Uh, Seeing a counsellor, my stress levels were off the chart. I had months where I had five seconds after I woke up of peace and then for the rest of the day, just sick to the very pit of my stomach for all day until I fell asleep that evening. 2019 was not a good year for me. It was a tough season. And maybe for you, 2023 for you was like my 2023. Great year, lots of memories. Accomplished a lot of things. Goals got ticked off. You saw God move in your life. Maybe career happened or good things for your kids. Lots of highs. It was a highlight year. But it's just as likely in a room this big with this many people that 2023 wasn't such a great year. It could be that 2023 for you was like my 2019 it was a tough year for you. It was a, a hard year. There was things that were going on in your, in your life. Your back was against the wall. You faced trials. You faced circumstances. There was issues that were going on. Maybe they were inward things. There were insecurities, temptation, worry, maybe mental, battle, mental health battles, maybe fears, maybe issues of sin. Maybe they were outward. There was sickness. Maybe there was financial problems, broken relationships, uh, uh, all kinds of different things that were happening in your life. Maybe there was unfulfilled dreams. It's possible that 2023 was a tough year. I love the Bible and I love that we can go into Scriptures and we can see that the Bible addresses every season of life. And Jesus in the Scriptures addresses how life can sometimes be. In my favourite Bible verse, He says this, if you have your Bibles, in John 16, 33, He says, I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in Me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In this one simple statement that Jesus makes, He brings a sobering warning, but He also brings for us a great encouragement. See, in chapter 16 and in the preceding chapter, chapter 15, Jesus is telling the disciples about how they're going to face some things when they follow Him. As they take a stand for Jesus, as they live for Him, there's going to be some trials and sorrows that they are going to face. 
And just as I said earlier, maybe we experienced that in 2023, a year of trials and sorrows. And maybe, just maybe, in 2024, we might also face some trials and sorrows. And I'm not here today to prophesy that over this church. I'm not here today to speak that into someone's life. But I am here to say that Jesus said this. So I think we need to be real with ourselves to understand that if Jesus said that life will sometimes be hard, we need to reconcile that as Christians, that that could be the case. See, becoming a Christian does not guarantee an easy life. In fact, Jesus told the disciples, you're going to be persecuted for your faith. You will be tested. Trials will come. In John 15, 20, He says, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And the question is, why does Jesus say this? Does He let the disciples know this to, to scare them? Does he, is it written down in Scriptures today to make us fearful about what our 2024 might look like? No, I don't believe He does it for that. I believe that He lets us know that these th times might come, not that they would cause us to be fearful or drive us away from God, but rather that they would draw us nearer to God during those times. I love what Pastor Craig Rastroll says from uh, Life Church in America. He says this, A faith that has never been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. A faith that has never been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. And I want to be very clear this morning. He's not saying, and I'm not saying that God can't be trusted. Come on, God 100% can be trusted with His Word and His promises in the Scripture. But sometimes our faith can't be trusted. Sometimes our faith is not strong enough or we're not bedded directly on Christ, uh, Christ Jesus. See, it's in the crucible, it's in the trials that I have found, and maybe you have too, that the testing of your faith occurs and finds out, you find out whether it is true or not. It's easy to have faith in God in my 2023 when I had a great year. Things are going well, right? But when the hard times come, the question is, do you have faith in God? Are you trusting in Him or are you trusting in something else? The testing reveals God is with us in the trials. And I love this, this Scripture verse from Romans 8, uh, 38 that says this, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in creation. And if I could take a little bit of liberty here, nor, nor, nor trials or sorrows can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's nothing that can separate us from Christ Jesus. Does anyone believe that this morning? Come on, does anyone believe it today? Jesus says, you're gonna face some things, guys. But there's an important word in there, the word but. The word but. I found that in life when the word but gets added to a sentence, it's usually taking something good and making it bad. Has anyone discovered that? Uh, let me give you a few examples. So you've been working and you've done well and you're having your performance review of your boss and you go into the meeting and, and he's talking to you and he says, hey, listen, I was going to give you that pay rise, but you didn't meet your targets. Anyone experienced that? Uh, what about this other one here? You, you, the doctor's report comes back and it's the tests that we were doing came back okay, but there's something else that has come up that we need to look at. Uh, what, what about this one? There's a guy or a girl that you asked out 
I don't know, to the formal or to a movie. I don't know what the young kids are doing these days, but whatever it is. And they said to you, yeah, I was going to go out with you, but it was a prettier girl or a more handsome guy that asked me out. I'm going out with them now. Sorry, don't, hopefully I'm not bringing up any traumas for anyone this morning. What about this final one? This is, this is, a, this is a deep one. We, have, we could have the ministry team uh, available for people after service for this one. The drive-thru at McDonald's, you go through and they say, we were going to give you that chocolate sundae that you ordered, but the Sunday machine is broken. Come on, has anyone experienced that? What's going on, Maccas? I don't know if that happens up here, but it happens where I live. It's, it's tragedy. See, life seems to always have a but to change a good thing into a bad thing. But we have a God who has a habit of taking bad and turning it into good. We have a God who is the God of buts, of making things good. And the classic story of this is Joseph. In the Scriptures, Joseph, if you don't know who he is, he's the son of Jacob and it's Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, uh, the fathers of the faith. And he was most loved by his dad, but... He was despised and hated by his brothers, but he was sold into slavery, but he was assumed dead, but he was, you know, uh, 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 falsely accused of something he didn't do, but he was thrown into prison, but he languished there for years in this place and things are not good for Joseph. And yet... He says this in Genesis 50, as he looks back after coming out of that time, he says this, You intended to harm me, but but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And maybe today you are having a Joseph season, but can I say, but God intends to bring some good from it. In Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things God works for the what? Come on, say it like you believe it. God works for the what? The good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. And I want to speak into someone's life this morning. Maybe 2023 was a year of seasons and sorrows. Can I say to you, but God, maybe 2024 might be a time that is difficult and you'll be going through some things, but God, can you grab a hold of that this morning? Jesus says, but take heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, but take heart. Today, church, don't be discouraged. Don't be disenfranchised. Don't be be disheartened. Take heart. See, be encouraged in 2024. God is with you. God knows the plans that He has for your life. Stir yourself up in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a hope. There is a confidence that we have. There is a belief, a strong foundation, a courage, a strength that we have in Jesus Christ. Why do we take heart? We take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. In the, in the second half of John 16, 33, it says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I love what Jesus does here, this declaration. And He does something that is quite common in ancient literature and in biblical prophecy. He speaks of something as if it has already happened. 
He speaks to something as if it has already occurred. And if that sounds familiar to you, it's because that's what the Bible calls us to do. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, when Jesus says, take heart because I have overcome the world, He is speaking not only into His own future, He is speaking also into our future here in 2024, some 2,000 years later see at the time that he makes this statement he has done some amazing things he's fed the 5,000 he's healed the lame he's raised Lazarus from the dead he's cast out demons he's resisted the devil and his temptations he's lived a sinless life but he has not yet been to the cross he has not yet died for our sins. He has not yet conquered sin and its power and risen again. And yet He calls those things overcoming the world that is not as if it has already happened. See, Jesus activates His faith in the Father, knowing God's plan for His life and His plan for humanity and the redemption that's going to occur and what will be accomplished at the cross. And He sees ahead to the glorious victory. And today, church, maybe we need to start to see ahead to the glorious victory, to the glorious day that Christ has for us where He will overcome the world and its systems and will overcome the devil and will overcome sickness and all these things and the power of sin and suffering. And He says, I have overcome. And sometimes as Christians, we forget this. We forget that Jesus says, I have overcome. And sometimes as Christians, we have to stir our faith and declare Christ because you have overcome, I have overcome too. Christ because you had the victory, I had the victory in my life too. If the kids could come, that would be great. See, the victory that Jesus accomplished at the cross wasn't just for Himself, it was for us too. The victory that Jesus accomplished at the cross, He overcame for our salvation. He overcame for our insecurities and our worries and our fears and the sin in our life and our flesh. He overcame for our sickness. He overcame for our financial pressures and broken relationships. He overcame for uh, our unfulfilled dreams. He overcame for us to have a relationship with the Father. He overcame for so many things for us. And church, this is a promise for us today, this year, right now, uh, in this season that we're in, Christ has overcome. He has overcome the world. And I know that perhaps 2023 might have been hard, but Christ has overcome. Come on, does anyone believe that this morning? Christ has overcome. You know, maybe in 2024, there may be some tough times ahead, but can we start declaring it right now? Christ has overcome. Maybe in your life, you're in neither season. It's neither good nor bad. Can I say to you, Christ has overcome. Maybe the season that you're in is you're flying, you're achieving, things are going great. Christ has overcome. In every season and situation, Christ has overcome. And today, this is not a motivational speech. It's not a TED talk that I'm up here doing. This is the very basis of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. He came to earth, lived a sinless life, died as a substitute for our sins, paid our price that we couldn't pay. And He rose again. He conquered death. He defeated sin and its hold. He defeated the power of death. His is the victory. His is the power. His is the glory. Come on, because anyone believe that He is overcome today? 
So as I start to finish this morning, as I start to close, let me summarise what we've been through. We've, we've talked about how, how, how Jesus says there's going to be trials and sorrows. And if you're like, I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, take it up with Jesus, not me. Jesus said there's going to be trials and sorrows, but He also says, I've overcome the world. Trials and sorrows, He's overcome the world. But there's another thing that He actually says as well at the start. The first, the first part of uh, 1633 says, I've told you all these things that you might have peace in me. That you might have peace in me. It's very easy to, over, to skip this part, to see the trials and sorrows, to see the overcoming, to, to skip this, this part, peace in me. But I want us today to grab a hold of this. I want us today, as when we leave, to be holding on to this, to grab a hold of what Jesus says. See, see, we're going through life as Christians. And we know that life isn't easy as a Christian. When you become a Christian, I just want to let you know, your life doesn't magically just change and everything's better. Uh, you do have God with you, the Holy Spirit empowering you. You do have something you can draw upon. His name is Jesus and He makes life better. But you're not going to just suddenly wake up tomorrow and you're married to Brad Pitt and you've got you know, $10 million in the bank account and you're driving a Tesla, or I don't know, whatever whatever your deal is. Life's not gonna, Christian life doesn't guarantee it's going to be easy. And, we realise as we're walking through life, there's going to be seasons of trials and sorrows. But as we're walking through our life as Christians, and if you're not a Christian here this morning, you don't know Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to know Him. He's your Lord and Saviour. He loves you so much. He died for you. He wants to know you and for you to know Him and the power of His resurrection. But we know that He has overcome. And anything we face, every obstacle that comes, inward or outward, Jesus, man, you've overcome this. Man, you're greater. You're higher. You're more powerful. Jesus, you've overcome all these things. But what happens is, is as we know these things, it means that as we grab a hold of the promise of John 16.33, we come to realise this. I'm at peace whatever life brings me. I'm at peace whatever life brings me. And there is a great strength that comes that in the trials and the sorrows, in the high mountaintops moments, there is a peace that you can draw upon because you know that Jesus said, hey, things are gonna happen. You know that Jesus said that I'm gonna overcome. Would you grab a hold of this today to say, Jesus, I want your peace. Jesus, I want you in my life. He is real. He is alive. He is living. His power dwells in us. He is present in my life and He brings his peace to me daily so that I may overcome even when I'm not overcoming. And my encouragement to you today, my encouragement for us church, my encouragement for us hills is that if you're facing suffering, trials, trouble, tribulations, hard times, find your peace in Jesus. Don't look to a person, don't look to a substance, an experience, a relationship. Your peace is to be found in Jesus. Today, if you're overcoming in life, if you're winning and grinning, and you may be thinking about, you know, giving yourself a pat on the back, don't find your peace in your success. Find your peace in Jesus. As I finish up Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says this, Come to me. All who labour and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Anyone want to experience the rest that God has for our souls this morning? Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light.'"